0: <laughs> here we go. All right. Here we go. It's time. It's time. For something. For business. Mm, business time. Business time. I don't have business socks on. I don't have any socks on. You Me neither. Oh. Uh, but I'm Alexis. <laughs> and I'm Haley. And this is Terrick Goestory. <gasps> <How real>. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say hooray and then just like I just wasn't feeling it. That's fair. Sometimes just, you just aren't feeling it. Sometimes you just don't feel hysterical. Yeah. Fans. <laughs> sometimes it's January in the Northern Hemisphere and you're like, I mean, I could just go hibernate. Sometimes you're recording minutes after your team lost in the playoffs and it's just like, <laughs> okay, here we go, I guess. <sighs> so much to be excited for. Against the Packers. <laughs> Freaking. Aaron Rodgers. Good job, Packers. I have family in Wisconsin, so I'm like, I mean, either way. I mean, whatever. I feel like I can win, but it isn't a win. When, I mean, there's just something about his face. Yeah. He's so old looking. Like, he's not even that old. I just don't want to look at him anymore. But it's just, he looks like he's aged a thousand years every day. (laughs) Every day of his life has been another thousand years. Anyway, what are we talking about? The day after he was born, they're like, uh-oh. oh Uh -oh. (laughs) He's not having a good time. bad every day. Oh, it's really bad for you. (laughs) Anyway... So the history, I guess. Yeah. That's why you're here. You're not here for football commentary. <laughs> Although I feel like us talking about football would be pretty funny. I feel like us talking about anything would be pretty funny. Oh, I don't um, agree. <laughs> <laughs> I do. But I do think football talk is funny. So uh, a while ago, uh, Gami tasked us with doing some Puerto Rican history. Yes. And I forget... If it was specified, it should be pre-Columbian history or, like, older history, or if I just, like, tasked myself with that. I think it was just general Puerto Rican. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I just had a terrible time <laughs> trying to find pre-Columbian anything. They're yeah. like, no, no, we won't do it. It doesn't happen. <laughs> it's all archaeology. Nobody cares about archaeologists. Yep. <laughs> Uh, sorry, archaeologists, but you know <laughs> you're aware. You are already aware of this. <laughs> we love you, but <laughs> it's a hard knock life. Always confusing you with paleontologists, and you're Ugh. you're just sick of it. Sick of it. We don't care about dinosaurs. Sick of it. Anyway, it's about people. So uh, uh, here we're, we're going to do some Puerto Rican history. All right, uh, and uh, we're going to be talking about Luisa Capetillo. Oh. Who lived from la. 1879 to 1922? Okay, and I just have to say, just to kind of set the mood, mm-hmm. just kind of set the mood. One of the sites where I went looking for information, it was like a Wayback Machine, yeah. uh, like encyclopedia entry, mm-hmm. had a comment on it from like, <laughs> like last year, oh, like March 2019, mm-hmm. and the title of the comment is feminist. And the body of the comment is hippity-hoppity, women ain't property. (laughs) Beautiful prose. Oh, there are artists (laughs) among us. Everywhere. Uh, Art is not dead. So she's a feminist, suffragist, anarchist, Mm. multinational pro-union political superhero. Hot. Novelist. She has like four books, essays, plays. All-round, radical, free-thinker, awesome, yeah. famous woman. So the most famous, like, anecdote about her is obviously about her clothes. Sure. Of course. Yeah. But I kind of like this one a little. I kind of like it. Sure. It's kind of fun. Okay. Uh, so I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to. You're you just going to start with the most famous part We're of just, her life? And then go. it's all going to go down <laughs> And then it's the, all going to be more obscure and boring <laughs> later. You, let's be real. You've never heard of her? Nope. Yeah, no one has. (laughs) Nobody at all. (laughs) All the hurricanes took out all of her information. Oh, no. Yeah. Or sorry, Puerto Rico. Not all of it, but you know. Yeah. A lot of it. And they are earthquakes. When you're a tiny island on, like, eight fault lines, like, it's like, what do you do? Like, how are there buildings How does it still exist? Oh. That Puerto Rican tenacity stopping (laughs) earthquakes and hurricanes from (laughs) destroying them. This is going to be Puerto Rican tenacity, the episode. Oh, I mean, that's that's Puerto Rican history. It's just the word tenacity. Yeah. Just, like, clawing out from the (laughs) rubble. (laughs) We will be here. (laughs) You can't stop us. (laughs) You can't. (laughs) So, uh... While um, working as an activist in Cuba, Mm -hmm. this is like 1915, she's arrested on the streets of Havana for the gross crime of wearing pants. (gasps) Women in pants. Women in pantalones. Disgusting. Not in public. She causes a scandal and they're Mm. like, lock her up. I mean, honestly, they may have been... Looking for an excuse, sure. But also, she was causing a scandal because lady be wearing pants. Yeah, I mean, she's a basically Joan of Arc. They're so like, I can see where your <laughs> legs are moving, and it makes me uncomfortable. That's what Joan of Arc got killed for. <laughs> They're like, you can't wear men's clothes. Yeah, but you not went, all the other stuff. But uh, you can't wear men's clothes. You went too far. You went too far. So, but uh, when up against the judge. Uh, she pulls, like, a Bruce Manor. Ooh. She's like, that's my secret cap. I'm always wearing <laughs> pants. Every single day. She's literally <laughs> she's quoted. She's got a skirt <laughs> on and she just shows pants underneath. She, that's what happens. <gasps> what? That's She doesn't. I'm so smart. She, uh, <laughs> she, she's literally quoted as saying, your honor, I always wear pants. Mm. And on the night in question, instead of wearing them underneath... I wear them just like men do based on my perfect civil right to do so on the outside. Then she kind of lifts her dress a bit, and there's these white uh, pants underneath. Hell, yeah. She invented skorts. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) It's a skirt with shorts underneath. It's got pockets. Guess what? You just wouldn't give us pockets. (laughs) You can't stop me. Uh, And... (laughs) It's like fashion is personal expression, and social norms are all made up, and the judge is like, you can go. <laughs> Whatever, just weirdo. Just get out of here. Just please don't do it again. Uh, In Havana, no, no, no. I have to show you just a, a meme that I found when I was walking. It's a, a, a screenshot of Bruce Banner and the Avengers okay. saying, that's my secret cap, and then it's a screen cap from uh, – Lord of the Rings. <laughs> All right, then. Keep your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> but he's Captain America. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How cute would it be mm. if it, Captain America was Elijah Wood? <laughs> <laughs> He'd be so good for little Captain oh, America, that's you know? so cute. What if, like, when he's little Steve Rogers? He's Elijah Wood, and then they put him in the machine, and he comes out and he's as, just like, still just Elijah a completely Wood. different actor. <laughs> I was like, if he comes out same, and he doesn't even have muscles, he just looks exactly the same. And they're like, he's a superhero. He, we did it. The perfect soldier. <laughs> he can do it. He can take it all the way to the mountain. My Throw favorite it in. Elijah Wood role is um, when he's in Spy Kids 3D. <laughs> it's I forgot what. I <laughs> forgot. It's incredible. Oh my god. It's such a good movie. I mean, I think my favorite is. Everything is illuminated, but I haven't watched Spy Kids 2, I guess. 3. 3. I'm such an idiot. Spy Kids 3D, because it's the third movie. Yeah, I forgot that it was 3D. That's fair. That's clearly my bad. I think it's the first 3D movie I saw, because I remember they have, like, cogs that, like, shoot off of people, and I kept, like, blinking, because I was like, (laughs) they're going to hit me in the face. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. Louisa, Yeah. Was born in Puerto Rico, October 28th, 1879. She's a Scorpio. Hi. I can tell already. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> when she goes, wah, to her pants <laughs> to court, whips off her skirt, and everyone's like, oh. It's so like, you have to be a fire sign to do that. <laughs> aren't they a water sign? Are they? Yeah. They they're... shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> I got to check now. Oh, no. Scorpio. I thought they were fire. Right? They should be. They should be. They're so fiery. Yeah. Yeah, water. Yeah, they're water. That's so wrong. Cancer, Scorpio and Pisces. They're like they're like Greek fire, fire on the water. I mean, you can remember it because both crabs and scorpions are both bugs. I don't care that much. (laughs) And also, fish are bugs. (laughs) Yeah. That's how you can tell. Also. Also, bugs. Everything is bugs. (laughs) But also, Zodiac's so annoying because my sign is an air sign, but it's a water bearer. And I'm like, shouldn't it be water? I hate it. It's almost like it's made up. and almost like it's stupid. It's almost like it's made up. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) So her... Squirrels are fiery either way. Whatever, she's on fire, literally. When she's born, her mom's like, ouch, (laughs) it hurts. (laughs) So, her mother is a French immigrant. Uh, Her father is a Spanish immigrant or from Spain, he's from the Basque country. Ah. And they're both pretty, like, blue collar, like, domestic servant, laborer but they're very educated. They got that post French Revolution like philosophy, just like electricity in, yeah. in their veins. They're like, "Oh, we're gonna teach our kids so much stuff." Ooh, she's gonna be a little anarchist. This is gonna be awesome. <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. We're gonna take her to mass, and she's gonna ask all the uncomfortable questions. <laughs> it's gonna be so good. Uh, <laughs> but, freak out some nuns. <laughs> freak out some nuns. And like the parents are already pretty freaky. They never married. They, sure. they just, like, live with each other with their daughter. Ooh. And it's, like... That's uh, pretty spicy. It's pretty spicy. Is This is... For the 1800s. Let me remind you, 1879. Yeah, that's the Victorian era. <laughs> they're in the Victorian era. They're like, whatever. When you're not even supposed to, like, show your ankles and people just be fainting. We don't We don't need <laughs> to be married to have a yeah. kid and live together. Wild. It's fine. Uh, they lived together, never married, and they gave her a... Great education. She became a voracious reader. Obviously, head full mm-hmm. of ideas. Should not where they shouldn't be in women's heads. No. That's very subversive. Dangerous. And They created a ticking time bomb. <laughs> she was baptized a Catholic and was very spiritual her whole life, but thought organized religion and the dogmas and rituals were all very oppressive to women. That's fair. So that little joke I made about her, like, asking uncomfortable questions is probably true. Yeah. And, uh, you know... She's especially, a- like no offense, Catholics, but especially with Catholicism, that's fair. <laughs> In the 1870s, oh. it, it's too old, so that a lot of things are like, "What is this? Like, why do we still do that? Why is that still happening?" And she's that little girl who's like asking that while like the priest is talking yeah. and giving the priest like PTSD from the Reformation, and like, he's like, uh, and he's uh. like looking at her parents, like, "Can you stop this?" And they're just like. I mean uh, you're the one what? who you're the one who can't answer her. You know what? Good question. I'm going to double down. <laughs> <laughs> double down on child anarchist. Yeah. <laughs> Spin. It's the best because some, like, you know, people who become, like, revolutionaries or, like, anarchists, a lot of the times it's, like, they have really oppressive parents. Mm-hmm. And I love it just being, like, no. just they're, like They're, like, the most liberal parents. Yeah. And she just gets more. She's just educated, <laughs> so that's what happens. She's, she, like, wow, this seems stupid. Yeah, they kind of mm-hmm. set her gently on a path in the left, and then yeah. she just, like, keeps going. Yeah, and they're just, like, God bless. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Godspeed. <laughs> She's, like, yeah, all the way. I'll do it. All the way. Uh, so apparently she's quite a catch too. Mm-hmm. Like men duelled over her. Ooh, yeah. for her hand. And it's really uh, late to duel. You should not be dueling. Kind of late woof. to duel. Like in, oh, like what eighteen nineties? It's 1880s. really late. It feels a little like late. I don't think anyone dies. Still, like uh, the I, fact that death's on the table is a lot, right? And it's but it's involving. She falls in love when she's nineteen with uh, Manuel. Uh, Ledesma. I mean, who he was, sounds hot, so. He was from, like, the rich family in town. Hell yeah. And, uh, they met because her mom was, like, a domestic servant in the household. Romeo and Juliet. And they hit it off, and, uh, the rich family's like, no. Mm, no? You can't. The help's daughter? <laughs> no. Manuel? It's like Romeo and Juliet, Cinderella, all the things. It's like every good story. It's beautiful. And he, like, duels his acquaintance, who's, like, a doctor, Mm. And she's like, but I already love you. And he's like, no, I got to. No, I got to prove like, you it. You stupid I want boy. you to know I love you. You stupid. I'm doing <laughs> it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I know you love me. I'm showing you. I love you. I'm showing you by killing him. <laughs> and she's like, I will just accept I, it as truth. You don't, don't have to. Yeah, I believe you. And he's like, no, no, no. No, no. I'm I want to do gotta it. got to do it. They have two kids. And the whole town is like. That was a bad idea. But they don't get married. They the just judge. have kids. They don't get married. <gasps> they don't get married so subverse. They just like have two kids together and like are pretty happy. Cute. Uh but he like goes on to be the mayor of the town mm. and um like they're amicable but like after a while she starts to like not be totally satisfied with the relationship. That's fair, when you fell in love when you're 19. Yeah, and he sounds like the guy who's, like, super happy to provide and she's just, like, she she doesn't want to be a housewife. Yeah. That's she, not her business. She wants to go do things and have opinions mm-hmm. and he gets to go out and do things and have opinions whenever he wants. And I he's have, the mayor. He gets to have big opinions for lots of people. Right. And it doesn't cost him anything and I have to I wanna be the mayor. Just hold the baby all the time and yeah. I wanna write things mm-hmm. and whatever. Apparently, it caused some friction in the household when she suggested she wanted to go out and get a job. Oh, no. He's like, But I have money. She's like, It does, that's not the point. I would just like to do it. I just want, I want my money. (laughs) This is such a like 1950s and 60s like conversation they're having, like Mm -hmm. way farther back. (laughs) Like, everything about her life is like, You were so before your time. Right. You were before like several times. Right. You're like almost like, Probably at that point you're like eighty to a hundred years before your time in America. Yeah. It's uh <laughs> Which like, is crazy. Good for you. Yeah. So they they finally separated. I mean mm-hmm. they're not married, so they just, you know, they don't cohabitate or whatever. Yeah. You know, probably yeah, like early twentieth century. That's a good thing about not getting married. You don't get divorced. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't know it though, because everyone gets married. <laughs> yeah, what a farce. <laughs> and this comes from someone who like wants to get married, <laughs> but I'm still like, that's nah, fair. It, it is easier. Yeah. When you're like, you know what? I just don't want to do the thing true. That's why you do prenups, though, because then it's easy when you get divorced. (laughs) Yeah. A prenup against the richest boy on the island. Sure. I'm sure it'd be easy and fine. Uh, But Manuel stays involved with their kids and, like, still helps provide. What uh, a good boy. To the point where they seem to actually be closer to him than to her. That's true. Yeah. She's she's got that like powerful, ambitious woman thing where like mm-hmm. I'm sure the kids' relationship with her is a lot more nuanced and like yeah uh, difficult than the one history has with her. Right. Uh, but the her daughter went to a really conservative boarding school and mm-hmm. they wouldn't allow Louisa even in to see her. Wow. So they're like, Your mom is uh crazy. Yeah. And she's not allowed in here. She's got cuckoo thoughts, and we're not okay with that. <laughs> she should be in the kitchen. <laughs> Where is. Does she want a job in our kitchen? <laughs> Does she want to work in we the We heard kitchen. she wanted a job. Uh, and, and sad, it's kind of sad, her daughter's husband uh, later, like when she gets married, won't let her see her mom either. <sighs> or either, or possibly just helps her not see. I don't know if, yeah. whose choice it is. Right. But it's very like, oh, your mom wants to come over? Absolutely not. I forbid it. Yeah. I forbid it. Right. It's hard to know, especially when you've got, like, ambitious working mom, that it's like, it might be that she doesn't want to see her mom, you -hmm. know, because she's like, I don't know you. And then her husband's just facilitating. Yeah. And he's like, look, uh, I'm just going to come out here and say no. Yeah. Or he's being an impressive a-hole. Mm-hmm. So, so many options. So many options. What a spectrum. Huh? <laughs> what a world. So as a new single mother, Luisa got her mom to, like, help take care of the kids sometimes. Uh, and Manuel is helping. But she's like, but I want to provide, too. Mm-hmm. I want to just, like, stand on my own two feet. Right. So uh, she, she's like, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Here's a quote from her. I've made a living from my work for a long time. Perhaps he believed he had the responsibility to provide. Prefer- to support me, and he really did that didn't bother me, but I wanted to prove that I could support myself producing something without nonsense or exaggeration mm-hmm. like you're you're so you're doing so well, yeah, it's very nice in your brain. I'm so pleased with you. and it's interesting too, because, like, you know, it's not I wouldn't assume necessarily because he sounds pretty cool mm-hmm. that it's like he doesn't want her to do that, right. Uh, it, but also He's like you're kind of just confused, like, but I'm but you already have. <laughs> Stuff. Well, and men at the time, like their most important responsibility is providing. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's what he's being pressured yeah. to do by everyone. So he's like, no, I have to do this at least some amount or mm-hmm. I'm not fulfilling my gender role. No, I gotta. And then it becomes an issue. Uh huh. She's like, and everyone looks at me like I'm an idiot <laughs> and a loser. She's like, I'm an anarchist and the rules are made up. <laughs> I hate it. I don't care. <laughs> you don't have to. It's nice that you are, but yeah. I'm also going to do oh, it. Me too. So she went to work uh, in a tobacco factory, okay. where they make the tobacco. Mm. No, they don't. They just like roll it up okay. into cigarettes. I was say I don't think they usually make tobacco in a factory. <laughs> they do. I'm pretty sure they grow it, in but the they do. And honestly, it's the perfect job for her. She's not rolling the tobacco. She becomes a lectora or reader ah, on the factory floor. I see. So workers at the time are largely. Uh, literate. Like, they don't—they mm-hmm. didn't have super liberal hippie <laughs> yeah, parents right. who, like, taught them— pre- And their blue-collars. <laughs> like, they don't need to read. So, like, no one's like, you don't need to read. No. You don't need to, like, have the brains to rise against us. No. You just—just just roll the cigarettes. Just don't worry about it. Uh, but You're the physical labor. Unions would hire a reader— Uh, To sort of man a podium or just like hang around and they would read the newspaper or novels or. Oh, that's nice. Whatever. Just like. She's like the entertainment. Yeah. She's She's like. She's the podcast. She's the podcast. Brilliant. That they put on. That's amazing. Uh, I bet she has an awesome voice. Yeah. She becomes like a dope ass orator. That'd be so fun. Mm hmm. And they have auditions. Like, they don't let anyone what? do it. They have auditions and you have <laughs> to, like, incredible. be able to perform. And when they do really well, the workers, like, tap all their knives on their desks. So, so cute. like, applause. Precious. It creates, a like, a, a great little family learning environment. Yeah. And the factory owners hate it. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're going to rise up. <laughs> because uh, the unions and the reader <laughs> yeah. position... Uh, the factory becomes sort of uh, a school slash mini factory, just turning out uh, people who are mad about like their situation. Hell yeah! Uh, many. I mean, yeah. Don't give her a choice on like what to read. Many with anarchist tendencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they receive an alternative education. Yeah, because uh, like, and they just become like. Puerto Rico's working-class intellectuals because someone's there reading and educating them and, like, giving them the news. I love that that it's, like, you know, uh, what she needs is, like, a podium, essentially. She got and that She has one. And it's in, like, the most, like, kind of microcosm area, mm-hmm. right? It's just, like, one factory with these random people, but, like, that she's so effective at it that still she's still, like, creating an issue for the higher-ups. <laughs> yeah. That's the point. It's just going to grow. Oh, yeah. It's just going to grow. She's just practicing right now. Mm-hmm. Cause, this uh, is her running for student body president. Right. Because, surprise, the electorate doesn't just, like, read any news. Yeah. It's, uh, like... Anti-colonial rebellion news Ooh, from around the globe, cool. and labor strife, and political or philosophical works—very fun. Like uh, French activists, or German communists, or Russian anarchists, and just kind of scattering them yeah. about. Hey guys, you ever think about them, this, getting them in people's ears. People are like, "Oh man, that does sound pretty good." And labor all over the world right now is terrible. Right, it's very, it's bad. Mm-hmm. in calling it inhumane is uh like a gentle way to put it yeah it's it's clinical yeah uh because like the 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 concept of workers rights and even like human rights is a very like late 1800s yeah thing like oliver twist and like other mm-hmm. books that kind of espouse the need to give to charity and like bring up everyone's quality of life that's as like protest writing. Right. It's like, we shouldn't treat people like this. Like, don't you feel bad that these people are suffering so much? <laughs> just, like, so you can, I don't know, be mildly comfortable. Right. Maybe we should give them breaks. Yeah. Or, like, not put children down in the wheels. Right. Like turn we, the machines. <laughs> like, when we talked about when they were trying to grow pineapples in England, and it's like, right. they got to go in these hot boxes while they are just, like, pass out and die. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Uh, like, as, as an example, a very mm-hmm. non- A very not hysterical example. Sure. Uh, um, Their strike-breaking measures on coal miners and their families Mm. in 1914, Colorado, led to the deaths of 25 people, 11 of whom were children. Yeah. Uh, And that was at the hands of the Colorado National Guard and the Colorado Fuel and Iron Company Security. Mm, Cool. This is known as the Ludlow Massacre. I don't like it. If you've never heard of it, Hmm, I wonder why you've ah. never heard of it. Also, um, just in general, making people work in coal mines is inhumane. <laughs> yeah, it's even now, great. it's not cool. But back to Puerto Rico. Position I say was had by addition, and Louisa's is a big fan of Tolstoy. Like mm-hmm. Tolstoy is her personal like literary hero, He's so I'm sure cool. she's sprinkling in a bit of that in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Like without authority, there could be no worse violence than that of authority under existing conditions, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. And people are like, "Yeah, you're right." Oh, and the factory owners are like sweating. Oh. Uh, No. Don't. Don't. Don't teach them things. Don't. Don't. You're just supposed to talk so they don't get uppity. Stop it. And then she's making them uppity. She's, like, making them more uppity. (sighs) Ha. Huh. so she's exposed to, like, all the labor unions and kind of gets in with, like, the workings yeah. of the machine mm-hmm. of, like, unions and union leaders. The first union in Puerto Rico had been formed in 1898 during the U.S. occupation, during the Spanish-American War, the war. Hmm. hmm. You, never think, you never think about U.S. occupation in our areas, I suppose. Oh, like in Puerto Rico? Yeah. I mean, we own them, so... Yeah, but like we also own Washington. Sure. <laughs> but it's attached. We also own Alaska. Mhm. Mm-hmm. It's attached to the continent. <laughs> we own Hawaii. Oh, yeah, we stole that. <laughs> it's it's See, all... but you do think about American occupation in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we took that hardcore. But yeah, not that like America does anything with it besides exploit it. Yeah. Uh, but Louisa's real union involvement begins in 1901 during a farm worker strike. Mm-hmm. And she's so organized and so talented that uh, her hometown becomes like the ground zero of unionization and labor's rights Hell for yeah. the entire country. That's dope. And people are like, yeah, Louisa's, Louisa's the shiz. Yeah, she's amazing. So nice. We <laughs> love her. In uh, 1908, she, she starts digging her heels in a little bit. Urging the labor groups to start placing some importance on women's rights and mm, women's suffrage. Uh, this kind of rolling in the proletariat feminist agenda with the labor rights snowball that's sort of avalanching over right. Puerto Rico. Nice, good plan. And she's like, women should have a right to vote. Yeah, you know, it's like if we all want rights, we should, like, all have them. It's like women should have rights. It's like, you know how there's, you know, economic inequality? There's also, like, gender inequality. And, like, isn't equality in general cool? Not just the rich ones. All the women should have the right to vote. All of them? Is that weird? I don't think it's weird. (laughs) No. I don't think it's weird. And they're like, uh, sure, we'll put that on the docket. Okay, I guess. Sure. Uh... Yeah, Louisa and the other labor unionists went on a, like, I think a couple, like, I mean, they never really stopped, just like crusades of ideas and mm-hmm. just like roaming around the country, just giving talks and organizing strikes. Cool, It's super cool. During all this, she's also publishing like a mad woman. Mm-hmm. She's the first Puerto Rican woman to put her feminist ideas into print. Nice. She's so cool. Uh, and it's like. Women should be treated like people, and they're like, "Wow, that's I can't believe someone wrote that." Oh my gosh, that's radical. Wow, you're radical. That's radical. <laughs> Whoa! What kind of anarchist wrote this? Can you imagine? And although she was like hella feminist, she wasn't really part of any feminist groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, labor was her first love, her favorite child. Yeah, um, and she she believed motherhood was a highest honor. Mm. I think she says somewhere, but. Really, the unions are her favorite child. Right. Yeah. It's like work kind of comes first. I kind of yeah. get the the feeling like work kind of comes first. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Yeah. And her wearing pants, uh, as far as I know, she's the first woman in the Caribbean to do so publicly. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a challenge to social norms. Yeah. She's not just like doing it so people will look at her. Right. Of course. Uh, and it got her arrested in Cuba, of course. Uh, but also written about when she's in New York City establishing ties with the Puerto Rican and Cuban tobacco workers. Mm. Uh, I have uh, all, right. all press is good press. Like the, they're talking about you. Like the press article, and we'll post a picture of her, mm. like what she's wearing. I like it. But tell me if you can get a kind of a a feel on how those labor tobacco talks went (laughs) from the article I'm about to read. Okay. Luisa Capetillo, the young writer and member of a prominent family of Puerto Rico, photographed in the garb in which she appeared on fashionable Fifth Avenue, New York. Mm. It consists of a dainty lace and linen coat, full length, full carelessly over striking bloomers, which reach from an inch or two above the ankle to the waist. Miss Capetillo's costume attracted so much attention that the busy avenue was congested with thousands of people and scores of automobiles and other vehicles. And matters became so bad that a policeman requested her to pin down her coat as far as the knees at least, which she did. <laughs> End article. Just like... <laughs> it's so funny. Never. But that's what's causing the commotion? <laughs> yeah. Like... That people are like looky looing her, Mm -hmm. like causing traffic issues. People are probably crashing their car. Yeah. They're like, what? That's crazy. What? Whereas, like, every day here, I see people wear just weird, the weirdest things I've ever seen anyone wear. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, oh, interesting. And then I just move on with my life. Like, oh, like, it's more like someone's personal art. Yeah. Oh, interesting! I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have done that, but I'm interested that you're doing yeah. that. Or okay. like, oh, well done. Yeah, like, or like, interesting, or like, bold statement. Um, or like, I'm interested. You in didn't what's even try to art today. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, you? they just look like a big slob, and I'm like, <laughs> I get it, I get it. I also wish I looked like a big slob all the time because it's comfortable. Sometimes I don't feel like doing art either. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's sometimes a lot the work. statement is the lack of art. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> the lack of art is the art. But like it's it's like she's one of those artists in like the 1970s who's like mm-hmm. outside and like go ahead and stab me, yeah. you know. <laughs> and then like thousands of people are like, I want to stab her, mm-hmm. uh, like that. Except for she's just in pants, and uh, and she <laughs> she doesn't even care. She just oh. wants she wants you to look at the the rights of the workers, and right. you're like, but what about your pants? It's not like an action, right? She's not like an artist like doing a publicity stunt to like make a point. Mm-hmm. She's just like. Wearing pants. And then, like, I have a point, though. I just need pockets. Yeah. I just want pockets. I want to talk to you about something. (laughs) I just wanted to talk to you. That's unrelated to my outfit. And Uh, they're like, but what about your pants? I know. I wonder at some point how much of it was intentional. I mean, it's got to be somewhat, Uh, right? Because, I mean, there's the intent of... I don't want to fit into your mm-hmm. social norms and yeah. be confined by the dress that you think I should wear. But there's right. also, like, if I wear pants, they're going to look. It will draw attention. And they should be looking. And they wrote an article about her. They, so They did, and they didn't mention anything else. I mean, but, like, people have heard her name now. They saw that she did something weird, you know, and, like, mm-hmm. subversive, and, like, that might be enough. Yeah. Just to be, like, if if people are seeking it out, you know, to mm-hmm. be like, oh, She seems interesting and progressive. And at the time, that wasn't even her most radical philosophy. Right. Uh, Her most... Radical, weird, like her wacky idea Whoa, was free love. <laughs> oh, she's in the 70s, baby. <laughs> she's advancing. In the 60s and the 70s, We thought we baby. were in the 50s. We are advancing. Well, yeah, the older she gets, the further in time <laughs> yes, she is. She's a time traveler. <laughs> she is, man. Yeah. And her essays go. She dies in the 20s because she would have been like, yes. Yes. In the 70s. I mean, mm-hmm. she would have been incredibly old. <laughs> yeah. God. She would have been 100, but she could have been like, mm The coolest 100-year-old <laughs> free-loving lady <laughs> that's ever been. What's up? What's up? Her uh, her essays go into what she means by free love. It isn't just like, hey, everyone should be part of an orgy. Sure. That's not what it means. Right. Uh, but she thinks you should be able, specifically women, should be able to choose who they want to love freely and the law shouldn't get involved. And that goes double for matrimony. Sure. So basically... Her parents and, like, her situation that she has, she's like, stop getting on my case about how I am required to marry someone. That's bogus. Mm -hmm. That's just the government. That's just what the man wants to do to keep you down. That's what what the the man wants. And obviously. The government man and the man who wants to marry me. All the man man, And I'm saying no. Right. To both. Just say the man. Man. Don't say the patriarchy. People panic when you say that word. (laughs) Just say the man. They know who you're talking about. It's the same thing. It's the same guy. Get it? Patriarchy (laughs) is male system. The 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 man. man. It's the man. (laughs) Oh, so I got to mention, Louisa is... Uh, one of the topic ladies on the site rejected princesses mm-hmm. which is so cool if you guys haven't taken a look at it, you should very good blog very very good and they got like books out now just like hell yeah growing it's awesome right blog probably makes it sound not very good good <laughs> <Right>. website <laughs> good website good like high brand. quality stuff but one of their Information. one of their pictures of her is her doing the pepe silvia Meme from mm-hmm. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where she's Charlie in front of her like wall of conspiracy <laughs> yarn. Yeah, she's like, listen, listen, <laughs> listen. But they uh, they talk about her her free love philosophy as well, mm-hmm. and obviously all of the dude bros of the time were you know just like the dude bros of now, and yeah. just doing whatever the post Victorian. Um, equivalent is of grabbing their crush and being like, "If you want free love, you can sleep with Ugh. me." Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, "No, no, it's not, that's not what I meant. It's not what it means. The, the point of it is that I don't want to sleep with you, and I don't have to because yeah. I have options. Because I have free <laughs> I will, got options. But one of the one of the panels they have is her like." In a library and it says, sure, I'd love to date you. Just read these seventeen books and so we can both make informed choices. That's beautiful. I'm like, Yes. Yeah. Yes, girl, yes. I'd love to date an educated man who cares about important <laughs> issues. Do your homework. It's fine. Like, like I then love we'll that talk because I know that person. Oh yeah. I know her. <laughs> and she's like, It's it's not about What the man wants, it's about, like, being able to be non-monogamous or Mm -hmm. polyamorous or just, like, live with someone you like and not have to be married to them. Mm -hmm. Because once you get married, you're, like, property. Right. And because I'm sure they're still doing, you know, that's probably specifically interesting to her because they're still doing a situation of, like, well, you're pregnant, so you have to get married. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like your all your prospects are gone. Yeah, you have to marry that guy and mm-hmm. it's like absolutely not. Absolutely not. I she's mean, like, "Look how I did it and it's fine." Absolutely not. And obviously she's in a very special position. Yes. Like her mom's willing to help out. She mm-hmm. married the richest sugar daddy. Right. Imaginable. And he's still willing to help and, and he care like of them. Yeah, he still like loves their kids and yeah. is like into it. Right. She's she's got all the pieces in place to help her mm-hmm. live this life that is very inaccessible to other people Mm -hmm. which is probably why she cares she's like everyone should be able to do this she's like this is nice you should all be do this I like it it's awesome (laughs) so after New York she moved to Florida for a bit where she became a lectora again in the tobacco factories cool she keeps publishing more plays more essays another novel do do it everything's like listen to my ideas listen to what I mean she's an anarchist so I don't think she's like down with any kind of government style really right she's like Listen, you got to organize and communists have like some pretty good ideas, so mm-hmm. maybe listen Just to them. Like, equality like a quality situation. You can listen to them a little bit. Yeah. yeah. She's she's advanced beyond the the rise in line of communism. She's right. like, "No. No, nothing. We have to go farther. <laughs> deeper, higher and up." I'm like, "Oh, man." <laughs> yeah, not all of her ideas are like perfect stellar ideas. Yeah. No one is 100% good ideas. I and I mean like, you know, for what's happening at the time, mm-hmm. I don't feel like being that radical is an issue. No, no. Like I think it's necessary. It's necess- it's like, you know, the radical of today is always the mm-hmm. like middle of the road of tomorrow. Right. And that's just she's just a couple um, tomorrow's ahead of the Yeah, game. like like the comical nature of just like, women should be allowed to vote. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Right. Where well, it's like, yeah. <laughs> nowadays we're like, you Obviously. shouldn't say crazy. That's a little... Dumb. That's not cool. It's a little, it's a little reductive, don't <laughs> you think? <laughs> so nuanced. Wow. Mm, it's a little down on mental illness, don't you think? And they're right. like... Let's just put people in a building and hope we don't have to worry about them yeah, again. just sit them over in the corner <laughs> uh, pretend they don't exist. And after, after Florida, she goes to Cuba where she gets mm-hmm. um, beaten by police and arrested for— Wearing pants, but really she's arrested because uh, she's a lobbyist, an activist. Yeah, I was going to say, like, (laughs) does does nobody know who she is, though? Yeah. I feel like they probably do. After she's, like, out of New York, they know who she is. Yeah. The pants are just an excuse. And, I mean, it's not like Cuba's really far from Puerto Rico, Mm -hmm. so I'm sure they are aware of what's going on. Right. She joined the La Federación Anarchista, Mm. the Anarchist Federation of Cuba, which... Fascinating to me. Ooh. Any kind of <laughs> anarchist group is fascinating to me. Oh yeah. Always. Like. Doesn't really work out in Cuba. Doesn't it? I mean, just doesn't it defeat the point? Oh, of being a group of well, anarchists? You're an organized you're an organized group of anarchists. Like the Loners Club having multiple people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're all alone together. There's a there's a episode of Fillmore. Where they run by something that says a loner's club and they look in, there's only one guy. <laughs> I it's, mean, that's it's fair. So funny. That's so funny. Like, that's why those cartoons are so good, because it's mm-hmm. like, that's I didn't understand that joke till I was an adult. And I was like, that's hilarious. Yeah. So they yeah, they didn't boot her out because she was wearing pants. They booted yeah. her out of the country because she was She's in a like subversive group of she people. She was circulating a manifesto advocating violence. <laughs> <laughs> well well, that's fair. Well, you know, she was. she. <laughs> they started it because she's like a potential terrorist. And they're like, uh, you have to go. Oh, it's great. She's like, Wolf. stop putting people in cages called factories. And they're like, you got to leave. You have to go because to go. it's scary. You have to go. She's like, the police beat people. You're and causing- they're like, but that's allowed. This yeah, isn't. But you're not allowed to tell people to kill us. <laughs> you're not allowed. That's illegal. Uh, So she returns to Puerto Rico where she kept the hustle going. Yeah, of course. I mean, she can't stop organizing, striking. Mm -hmm. She's in the sugar cane strike of 1916. We all know about the sugar strike. Oh, my gosh. My third favorite strike. More than 40,000 workers from 32 municipalities (laughs) Mm gathered together, and they get their average raise increase of, like, 13%. Dang. It's, like... Mm, they're killing it. I hope they got I mean, other yeah, rights. You know how much like sugar costs? It's a lot. So <laughs> They've been working you to the bone and yeah, for if you could, centuries. And if you could organize 4,000, that's a lot of people. Uh, uh, Let me see. That's a butt ton. No, no, no. 40,000. 40,000. Oh, well then. 40,000. Literally no one's working. <laughs> the, the, the governors in their houses are like, oh, God. Oh, I'm on strike too. <laughs> um, me too. Maybe they won't notice. Maybe if I go, they won't notice. And so it's, like, it's not a great time for Puerto Rico. Yeah. It's, um... I mean... They have an awful economy from atrocious government policies, vicious predatory banking. uh, The result of... Um, Like, they were devastated by one of the worst hurricanes in history Mm -hmm. in 1899, which the U.S. government refused to lend aid for the recovery. You're welcome. Claiming (laughs) Puerto Ricans were lazy (laughs) and the workers were just... Uh, siphoning off effort and money mm-hmm. because of all the strikes. I and- thought <laughs> you were going to say claiming Puerto Rico who. <laughs> Rico who. Not sure who you're talking about. I don't know her. Hmm. I mean, basically. We don't own any islands over there. <laughs> and Puerto Rico helps out, like, war efforts. They're buying off war bonds. They're doing yeah. their part. They are full-on patriots. Oh, yeah. They are uh, stripping, like, out— pacing all of like actual states Puerto Rico gives us so much and they get nothing uh, and when the governor of Puerto Rico went to Congress asking for aid this isn't even from the hurricane this is because they got hit by the Spanish flu oh in yeah uh, 1918. 1918 he had to grovel before Congress for a mere three hundred thousand dollars like that's the only one that I'm like I get it though, because like we are also having a very bad time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't, I feel like they're like, we can't worry about your little island, my dude. We're all dying. Yeah. And the war is happening. They do say that. So, oh, no, let me, uh, then this happens. Uh-huh. Uh, Jason Porath writes about this and has he has newspaper clippings from yeah. what was happening. Uh, mm-hmm. And they write in the article, as the matter now stands, the national government has refused to extend any help to the island of Puerto Rico in the midst of these great calamities. Yeah. The kicker is, right below that article is a big headline that says half a billion set aside for highway construction. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. You gotta be able to go places. Sorry. <laughs> Can't give you any money. No road to the <laughs> island. Too bad. Maybe someday we'll build a highway to you. And uh, they're like, we want to be not dying. We just want to live. We don't care about roads. Like, Man, that's lazy of you. Oh my gosh! Imagine you get that paper in Puerto Rico, and you're like, f these guys. Uh, it's like, yeah, we we might be able to get you three hundred thousand. It's going to be um like stuck in the Senate for like a hundred years. Yeah. But we do have billions set aside for the highway. In like nineteen eighteen, that's so much money. That's like, that's a lot of money now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> what? So in 1918, that's too much money. What? That's all the money we have. That's <laughs> all of it. Don't they know that we're sick too? <laughs> How, what? They're like, yeah, we've tried to fix uh, the flu and it's impossible. So they'll just all die and then we'll start over. Norma uh, Valle Ferrer, the premier biographer of Luisa's, because they... Like, re-found a bunch of her documents after people actually, like, went digging for who is this person. Yeah. Uh, Was writing about this, and it's, like, "Mm, sad how much it sounds like what's happening now. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's been 100 years, and this could have been written yesterday. Yeah. But she writes, in 1918, in the aftermath of the infamous earthquake which shook Puerto Rico. Also, there's an earthquake. I forgot the earthquake. Yeah, There's also an earthquake. Always. The New York uh, newspaper uh, La Prensa took up a collection to aid the thousands of poverty-stricken victims. Faced with the reader's meager response, the newspaper published an editorial complaining about the lack of concern. I mean, Um, good for the paper. (laughs) Yeah, good for the paper on the part of the community, many of them workers on strike at the time. The crisis generated a great deal of discussion. Uh, Capetillo, Luisa insisted that the government was responsible for the poverty that existed in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and that it was important for progressive North American workers to be made aware of the situation. She concluded, reflecting the classic anarchist position on nationality and the motherland, tyranny, like poverty, has no country. Neither do exploiters nor workers. Mm-hmm. She's uh, She leapt from... Like free love sixties into like eighties and today. Yeah. Eighties, nineties and today. The best of Louisa. <laughs> um well and like Puerto Rico is like the definition for America. I think of like out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Like, you we don't see you. You just you're over there. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll help you. Maybe we'll do something. Right. Lynn, Manuel, Miranda getting up, waving <laughs> Hamilton tickets, being like, yeah. please uh save their lives. And people yeah. are like, I mean, Maybe. Uh, I guess I heard the musical's pretty good. So. I mean it's okay, okay, but there's a lot of like collared people in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, can you not be terrible for also, like that's, three <laughs> seconds? That's not what we call them. <laughs> no, that's what yeah. the um what the care this character yes, in yes. my head is calling them. No, yeah. The people who refuse to give aid—that's why I'm, I'm just—I'm judging the character. That's not what we say. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Us, Haley and Alexis, would not. Yeah. We are not. We would also give aid to Puerto Rico if we were the Senate. Yes, if we were the Senate. Yes, if, uh, we, Senate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if we had half a billion dollars <laughs> to either help Puerto Rico or build highways. Uh, We divvy it up, I think, in a more fair way. Pretty good highways, though. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Pretty Uh, good. Really depends on the state that you're in. (laughs) They're only starting to break down now. They've lasted for a long time. Mm -hmm. And honestly, after half a billion nationally, it's up to the states to figure out their taxes. Yeah. This is going to be a really political (laughs) eh episode. But, you we, know, it happens. Well, and, like, we're, we luck out because we live in Washington where we have a lot of businesses that make a lot of money that do pay state taxes. Sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, more than they pay federal taxes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they fix our roads. So thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks. That's what, what the power of taxation does. And when you go to a state over, ooh, you feel it. Oh, you feel it immediately. You're like, ugh. You feel it immediately. If you didn't see the sign, you're going to feel that pothole. You're gonna, it's your <laughs> your car, like, disappears into hell. kachunk, chunk chunk Oh. <laughs> it reminds me when we were driving in Wisconsin. I was, like, trying uh-huh. to look up directions on my phone, and we hit a pothole that was so deep uh, that my phone just flew out of my hands. I think it's my phone that you were holding. Yeah. But it was... <laughs> It was a pothole, and then it was like they tried to fill in the pothole, but they did it after the pothole. So it was like a pothole and then a ramp. So my phone, and my phone went like straight up out of your hands and then straight down. And I was like, how does gravity? What just happened? (laughs) not physics. Thanks, Milwaukee. And I was like, cool, is my phone, Okay. (laughs) And it was fine, cool. What well, just happened? Yeah, uh, so Puerto Rico beaten from natural, every natural disaster, <laughs> just beaten by the American government, including plague. The American government, <laughs> the natural disaster of the American <laughs> government. Your new masters will not help you, mm-hmm. but they will uh corrupt your banks and send bougie businessmen to bleed you dry. In case you know you think that we don't ever think that America's the bad guy. <laughs> we do. We do. A lot. It's happening right All now. The time. But Puerto Rico, she gets back up again. That's right. Tenacity. Clawing her way out of the <laughs> dead bodies. What did we say? Tenacity. Tenacity. From nineteen sixteen to nineteen eighteen, more strikes, more battles. Luisa traveled between home and New York often clubbed by police during protests. Mm -hmm. She is in prison. She creates a boarding house and cafe on 22nd Street and 8th Avenue Mm. for uh, just the poor and the hungry. And she tries setting up schools for impoverished youth. And she loves cooking, so she just, like, gives food out to people who can't afford room and board. She's a great mom to the whole of society and probably (laughs) not to her own kids that much. Yes, Uh, unless they happen to be... The country of Puerto Rico. Yes. <laughs> but they aren't. They're just people. Yes. Uh, at the height of the strikes in Puerto Rico, she was attacked, arrested, and her bail set at $400. Mm. A big sum at the time, despite yeah. how we've been waving around that billion dollar uh, <laughs> price tag. That's why we're saying that's so much money. That's like that's uh, like trillions of dollars. Like $400 would be more than she could pay. Yeah. Yeah. Like she couldn't pay it, that's why they said it there. Right. The only reason she That's the point got bail is because the workers are like, Chip in, yeah. get her out. Oh, that's so nice. And they do. No number of strike breakers stopped her for long. You can't keep a good Louisa down. No you can't. You cannot she, she didn't stop fighting even when some of the labor federations and unions didn't approve of her uh, optimistic anarchist philosophy. Mm-hmm. They're like, but maybe we should have, like, some organization. She's like, no, burn it. <laughs> <laughs> burn it all. No voting. We need to tear down the system. Sweetie, I love you, but the problem is no system doesn't work. <laughs> I I have such affection for optimistic anarchists who are less like burn it all down. She wanted to burn down some things. Yeah. But mostly she's like like the system doesn't work yeah, right now. Then and that's fair. In the 1910s, you're, right. you're right. 100%. I would be an anarchist in the 1910s too. Completely. Absolutely. But then when people are like but when people are like we don't need a government, I'm like I don't think you understand what the government does or, like, it does what a, it would look like. It does a lot now. It does. It's gotten uh, big. Mm-hmm. Especially here, you yeah. know? Because, like, who was it? Like, Belgium just, like, stopped having government for a few years because they were fighting. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, but they're tiny, so whatever. They right. can probably do it, and they're fine. You could get a pretty industrious bicyclist and they could cycle <laughs> the distance of the country. Yeah, no problem. And not like within a matter of weeks. No. I could do it. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. even in shape. Yeah. So, but yeah. No, not not a big place. Needs some uh, structure. Yeah. This one, this not one collapse. Yeah. It like, becomes a house of cards quickly. When your country is basically <laughs> uh, 50-ish small countries being held yeah. together by... Duct tape. Uh, ...hope... <laughs> Tape. And a fluctuating sense of patriotism Mm -hmm. and tape. And popsicle sticks and gum. (laughs) billion-dollar roll of tape. We're just like, this will fix the problem. (laughs) Now they can't leave. We wrote an amendment. You can't leave. (laughs) We wrote an amendment, (laughs) Texas. You can't leave. (laughs) And neither can you. And Neither can you, Puerto Rico, (laughs) even though you're not a state. You're not a state. But you also can't leave. Uh, I was watching the... uh, John Oliver did a thing on Puerto Rico like a year ago, Mm -hmm. obviously, when it was like as bad and vocal as it was going to get. Yeah. Uh, And he's like, yeah, there's some weird amendments in uh, our law books that we don't know where it came from. And the entire point of that law is just to screw Puerto Rico over. (laughs) And no one knows why it's in there. It's so real. (laughs) It's like, why did we do this? I'm so sorry, Puerto Rico. I'm so sorry. So sorry. You deserve so much better. You deserve better. In 1922, uh, Louisa showed uh, abrupt symptoms of tuberculosis. She had mm. a tuberculosis attack. I saw someone attack. Mention it which- <laughs> when tuberculosis attacks. <laughs> when TB attack. <laughs> she's got that galloping. Yeah, <laughs> when the TB hits. When it hits, <laughs> not funny. And she died. <laughs> Terrible disease. <laughs> she died. She died when death hits. That's when it hits. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, no. no. Uh, it's yeah. okay. She's been dead for like 100 years. Yeah. 1922. Almost exactly 100 there years. There you go. There you go. Who's going to be mad? It's been over 100. We're past. Her descendants, they don't listen to this podcast unless it's Gami. Un- under- <laughs> <laughs> oh, love you. Love you, Gami. <laughs> I hope you hope you love this this fashion uh, political yeah. babe. She's so cool. I mean, I feel like he's got it. It's like his. It's like an intersection of all the things we know he loves. Mm-hmm. Like there were, I found some other really cool Puerto Rican like ladies, mm-hmm. and I'm like, but this one's fashion. Yes, <laughs> but make her fashion. But make her fashion. Make her pantalones. <laughs> Anarchy, but make it fashion. <laughs> but fashion. <laughs> Fashion is anarchism. You need to make that meme with her picture, <laughs> anarchy, but make it fashion. I love her. So get okay. her legacy is hard to define and hard to find. Mm-hmm. I mentioned uh, hurricanes, right? Obviously, yes, it's a problem. Uh, Hurricane Hugo in '89 was a big one that st- destroyed like a lot of her archived works. Yeah. And uh, her name was just left off a lot of important documents. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you you have, like, governors and union bosses, and also she's here. Yeah. So whose name are you going to put on the treaties? Well, and, like, it just—I mean, it makes me think of, you know, like, you said they just found some stuff, like, not too long ago about her that it's, like— And they had to go digging. Right, and that there's got to be so many— You know, not just women, but just, like, people in general Mm -hmm. who are doing the hard work, who are putting in so much effort and, like, making such a difference Yeah, that we aren't going to know anything about. We just don't know about them. Yeah. Because just, like, because of a natural disaster Mm -hmm. or just because they didn't put their name on something. Right. Yeah. She was called by contemporary newspapers the Puerto Rican Joan of Arc. Uh, Yeah. That's true. I mean— and in uh, She did wear the pants May, and get in trouble. May 29th, 2014, the Legislative Assembly of Puerto Rico honored 12 illustrious women with plaques in the plaza in honor <laughs> of Puerto Rican women in San Juan, and she was one of them. That's great. Sorry. I can only think about Joan of Arc. I'm like, but look how far we've come. They don't set you on fire anymore? <laughs> you just die of tuberculosis. Great. It's so much better. That's so feminism. <laughs> feminism. Woo. <laughs> Things slowly get better. Things get better when you can't be captured by the English. Wink. <laughs> Especially that she's like half French and half Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> when the English can't get you because you're in Puerto Rico, <laughs> but they still can because America, England's descendants, will come will after screw you. you. They over. will. The slow press of colonialism. <laughs> the after effects. Still going. We love you, Louisa. We love you. Uh, She was a vegetarian. (laughs) Good, yeah, good for her. And uh, she's just great. And I love her. Yeah, she sounds wonderful. She's fashion anarchist, which (laughs) yeah, that's yeah, that's my new orientation is fashion anarchist, anarchist but fashion, (laughs) but fashion's very good. (sighs) That's what I got. That's what I got for you today, fam. I mean, I've tried to look up things about Puerto Rico and have come up dry. So it's, I feel like you did great. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's I don't know. It's that like colonial uh-huh. territory problem where no one cares, and also hurricanes took out all of your written history. And there's a language issue for some <laughs> yeah. things. And well, and that's the thing. It's like for some of these topics, yeah. I want to say like we haven't done a listener suggested topic in a while, which is partially like us being lazy. <laughs> and, like, not doing it. But sometimes we, like, put in a significant amount of effort into something someone suggested, and it's, like, hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just very challenging. Right. It's, so we promise, like, we're, we're trying to do more yeah. this year. That's one of our uh year resolution is, like, mm-hmm. do more For reader suggestions. Yes. And more women. Mm-hmm. More ladies. Good job. More people of color. More, like, non-white yeah. Westerners. Yeah. And uh more people... From places we haven't talked about. So yeah. <laughs> just, like, check all the boxes for Louisa. Mm-hmm. Louisa, you did it. You did it, girl. You checked all the boxes. I know. And, like, we love you. added bonuses, like, no one wants you to learn about labor history. Mm-hmm. It's true. Like, what textbook is going to be like, hey, the people in control of the manufacturing and means of production are kind of down on you, and they've always been. Mm-hmm. It's like, why don't we just take that out of the book? I also love – I love Louisa using her, like, platform of just, like, reading things to, like, read things that are going to incite people and inspire them. humble and awesome. It's brilliant. Uh, And it's live (laughs) podcasted her way. She live showed her way to, like, revolution. It's amazing. And similarly, it, like, reminds me of um, Superstore. Mm -hmm. Of the show. (laughs) Of course. Superstore. Superstore. Because, like, in the first season or two of Superstore, it's just, like, it's goofy, and they work at Walmart, and it's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, in one of the seasons, it's, like, about ice and, like, people coming to get you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then, like... This last season was about unions. What a mood twist. Yeah, well, and it's like, it's still funny, but it's yeah. like the, the undercurrent of that, like, problem and, like, being realistic, like, that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, they did that in Jane the Virgin, too, for, like, uh, immigration ICE stuff. Yeah. Because uh, her grandmother was undocumented. And, mm-hmm. um,. Yeah, like it's you know, them sprinkling it in when they're like, No, this is, this is a funny, happy show. <laughs> ha-ha, ha-ha. And then it's like someone's about to get deported and you're like, Oh God, uh oh. Why does it hurt? Uh, why? Um but highly recommend Louisa and Superstore. <laughs> Very good. Uh um, right. we salute you. We salute you. Louisa, we salute- I bet she'd love Superstore. Great it's, Yeah. Great show. <laughs> it is as much as she would hate Uh, Walmart, she would love Superstore. But that's why you'd like it, because it it hates Walmart, too. Mm -hmm. Even though it's not Walmart. It's not Walmart. (laughs) That would never be Walmart. Not Wally's World. (laughs) Um, You're in Wally's World now. Yes. But thank you for listening today, Haley. Thank you for teaching me about lovely ladies. Thank you for listening, Alexis. Thanks. Thank I you. was for most of it until there was like a weird sound happening all around me that scared me, and then I got distracted. Oh, <laughs> uh, hopefully you guys can't hear that. That was the bourgeoisie. <laughs> it was all around. They heard just like, eee, <laughs> that's the sound. That's the sound of the bourgeoisie. <laughs> yeah, <"Ee>, that's it. <laughs> anyway uh thanks for listening we uh want to thank our patrons at patreon for supporting us that new song that you're hearing is Ooh. from you uh hopefully you like from listeners like you it will I'm, I'm sure for some people it'll take getting used to but soon it will be normal mm-hmm. i promise soon you i won't hate even when things notice. change so i totally understand yeah yeah the jarringness which is, is why we warned people <laughs> <laughs> um but we love it, and you're gonna love it. It's real catchy, so it'll it'll replace the old one, yeah, in your head for these, and then it'll still be for minis. So yeah, and you'll be like, it won't completely leave you. Oh, it rhymes. I oh. never, I never noticed it rhymes. <laughs> it just shocked Haley it, that hysterical history, <laughs> history and Haley rhyme or like a slant rhyme. I'm like, yeah, what? <laughs> and I'm like, they barely rhyme. They end in the same sound, so I guess technically they both. <laughs> E Just like the bourgeoisie. Just the bourgeoisie. <laughs> uh, anyway, you can email us at hystericalhistorypodcast at gmail.com. A few people who have emailed us have emailed the wrong email recently. More than one. So I just want to remind you what it is. Uh, somebody emailed hystericalhistory at gmail.com. I wish we had that. But when I tried to get the email, someone already had it. So gross. That's why there's podcast in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you could leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher. Anywhere you can. Spotify? Do they do reviews? Probably not. But, you know. I don't think so. Shout it out in the street while you're wearing pants and shock people. Shout it. Wear some pants and be like, what are you going to do about it? (laughs) I always wear pants. Hysterical history. And they're just like, I don't know what is happening. (laughs) okay. I wish she'd just be quiet because there's no reason to yell. (laughs) I won't. (laughs) Tenacity. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we love you. And, uh... (laughs) That was so final. We love you. We love you. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye forever. (laughs) No, no, no. I say that only to people I love when I will see them soon. (laughs) Anyway, bye. Bye.